Record. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Saints Radio on this glorious Monday morning. Coming to you from the Pneumatikos capital of North America, Dallas, Texas. That was so funny. There was a guy here many years ago who, who was kind of a blustery fellow. And he uh, he self-proclaimed this as the Pneumatikos capital of North America. <laughs> I just sat, I was sitting in the fume rolling my eyes. I thought, oh my goodness gracious. Maybe we need to be a more flashy unit, but that was that was a shocker, and I don't know why I thought of that today. But wherever you are, welcome to Saints Radio. And uh, I got here long before the sun was up this morning. It seemed like it was a bit cooler outside. The sanctuary looks like it's a little bit dimmer from the outside, so I'm assuming there's a lot of clouds out there. Who knows in Texas? <laughs> it could absolutely storm. I wasn't happy about the fact that it was 90-something degrees yesterday, but God did not ask me about that, so I just kept my mouth shut. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the fastest feasting month, and we're not supposed to complain. That's right. Boy, not I... even about the weather. Every now and then, it's funny, with this month, I'll, I'll start thinking, being exasperated by this or that, and then I'll think, it's fast of feasting. I'm not supposed that. to be doing that. I can't say that. I can't even think It's that. just me and my, me, myself, and I, and I'm not able to do it, which is probably good. So, um, anyway, we hope that your week has begun well. We're happy to be here. And uh, as usual, we have no idea what the Lord is going to try to do with this broadcast. And I say try because he's heavily reliant upon us. <laughs> oh my goodness I feel like oh I'm not even going to say it no don't say it <laughs> actually this isn't a negative thing but you know when you have sinus issues and uh, the only way I can describe it is I feel like you know when they build a house and they put that cottony insulation kind of stuff in the roof and in the mm -hmm. walls that's what I feel like is in my head <laughs> So I'm heavily relying on you today. You want me to pull some of that out? Kid, maybe you could pull it out of my nose and out of my ears. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's the weirdest feeling. It's, it's really bizarre, but that's just living in Texas, and I'm sure that um, it could always be worse. So. Yeah. God is good. We have a busy... Uh, time ahead in these next this m next month particularly and we do want to enlist the prayers of the saints network for the uh, the journey that you and I and Pastor Robert and uh, Yowali will be engaged in um, seems like every day there's some new maneuver that's going on down there trying to wring a few more services out of us and um, uh, that's good though 
it's just good to know a little bit ahead of time so that we can kind of script out okay what's the Lord saying what would be our agenda um, not that we're opposed to suddenlies but suddenly seems to be a a, uh, a tactic there so we'll we'll be uh, in the very near future putting forth some things that we would like to invite you to join with us in praying about and um, but we're here this week and I'm very grateful for it um, still chit chat time before we go into some very deep theological discussions um, today the Texas Rangers are playing in the seventh game series deciding game are you having to go over and watch it with your dad no but I might okay I've got a tidbit to tell you which he'll think is really funny okay so you got to remember this there's this player whose last name is Garcia for the Rangers he hit a grand slam last night and he's really a very talented guy he's just he's very excitable and they call him El Bumba. Did you know that? B-O-M-B-A. And I thought that it was because he hit home runs. You know, he has a bomb in his bat, El Bumba. But that is not what it is. And here is what you need to tell Louie. When this guy was growing up, his friends made fun of him because they said his head was shaped like a light bulb. So Bumba is light bulb. And so that, yeah, so that's why they call him El Bomba, because it's the nickname from his days as a child when his friend said his head looked like a light bulb. <laughs> so you got to tell Louie that. See, because we would think, you know, he's got a boomstick, you know, he, he, he hits the ball, it's like a bomb, but that's not what it was. He's from Mexico? I don't know. He's from a Latin country. I don't know where he's from. Probably not Mexico. Probably from the Dominican or Puerto Rico uh, because that's the hotbed of La Pilota. You know, it's funny because I remember going both to the Dominican and to Puerto Rico. And in both of those places, you could be driving down. I, we saw so many crazy things, particularly in the Dominican Republic. Like one day we were driving down, it was with David and Janie and our driver. To the Monacos capital of North America. Yes. We're driving down the highway and walking up the median was this man who was clearly possessed, completely naked. Yeah. And <laughs> so many funny things happened on that trip, but um, that was kind of a startling thing. But back to the baseball. <laughs> You would see these fields, like with the little boys out there, and they'd be playing with like a piece, like a, a broomstick. Yeah. And a little bitty ball. And they'd be throwing this little bitty ball, and they'd be hitting it with a broomstick. And I think that's how they get so good. Mm -hmm. Because their precision, you know, they, they don't have a professional bat. You know, the bat that I went to go buy Noah, when he decided he wanted to play baseball, I had no idea what I was doing that I had to get the right length and the right weight you know based on yeah. his size and all that kind of thing anyway so 
it's I, I love that because that those kids they they will do anything to hone their skill to get the heck out of there yeah the, <laughs> the, the, one of the fun phrases is you know they they have to learn how to hit and they'll swing at anything because you can't walk off the island oh my goodness Drawing walks yeah. is not going to get the scouts yeah, eye. And plus, it's funny. You can't walk off the island. Uh -huh. It's kind of funny. <laughs> See, I'm just full of all this. Mm -hmm. Annette probably knows that phrase, but um, just full of useless information. So Annette has to root for the Rangers now since her beloved Braves have been 86'd by the Phillies. Boo. I was getting a little concerned about the Rangers just the last couple of games, but... Yeah. They pulled it through yesterday. Maybe they just needed a change of scenery. Well, we have to believe for Max Scherzer, Scherzer that he's fully recovered from his shoulder injury. And have you ever seen a close-up with him? He's got he's got that condition with two colored eyes. Mm -mm. One eye's one color, the other eye's another color. I can't remember what the condition is. But that's why they call him Mad Max, because he's... He's a really good, passionate pitcher, but when you look at him, he just kind of looks <laughs> crazy. <laughs> interesting. You know, I just read a book called um, The Extraordinary Life of Sam Hell is the name of the book, and somebody had written I'm always, I mean, I read all the time, and... Uh, so somebody had suggested this book and said it was a really extraordinary book, this book. But I thought, what an interesting title. But this little boy was born with these albino eyes. His oh. eyes were white, like his pupils were white, and um, there was no coloration in his eyes. And so when he was born, from the time he started like in school as a little boy, they told him he looked like he was from hell. No. So they started calling him Sam Hell. But the story is so beautiful because it's, it's first of all, he has a, a mother that is very, very faith. She's, she's got a lot of faith, and she just constantly just speaks into him that he has purpose in his life. There's a reason why God created him that way. And the way the story plays out is the way the Lord uses his affliction for the good. And yet also it's very painful to read because people are just cruel. And yeah. the things that this boy went through, even into his manhood, he ended up becoming an ophthalmologist. And I'm talking like this is a true story, and I think it is based on a true story. Um, and going into other countries and helping children, and he ends up meeting a, a little orf orphan boy that has the same, never, I mean, it's so rare, that has the same uh, challenge that he had. And wow. he ended up adopting him and bringing him to the U.S. So, anyway, wow. I don't know why I told you that? But if anybody loves to read, it's really a beautiful book. What's the name of it again? The Extraordinary Life of Sam Hell. His name wasn't Sam Hell, but that's what he was nicknamed because they—I mean—they literally. His mother put him in Catholic schools, and the nuns called him um, "Child of the Devil." Oh, my gosh. I mean, and his mother fought for him. I mean, they tried to expel him like the second day because he, all the other kids were, it was creating an uproar. And he was bullied, and, and the nuns didn't like him. 
because of the way he looked. I mean, they thought he literally was like, it was like a demonic thing. Wow. But his mother fought for him and just, yeah. Anyway, back to baseball. Well, no. I think (laughs) I led us down that pathway, and Max Scherzer led to the extraordinary life of Sam Hell. (laughs) So um, let's get back to, To let me reel us in. The Lord. Um. I thought I thought it was interesting what God decided to dump on us yesterday. Um, first of all, the, the one aspect of the eyes, um, where you've got that variation, where people or the enemy would not utilize the eye in for necessarily a godly purpose, but some other thing, and. Um, and then, you know, to to think about our calling and what that help means um, that's rooted in covenant, that's rooted in the, in the treasure, the thesaurus in heaven, the storehouse in Malachi. And um, when we, when we, when we gain there, th- there are three places in the Old Testament specifically where we make an appeal, where the scripture says you make an appeal from, from that point of help. One is what we read yesterday from Psalm 121 about um, Yahweh and that he created heaven and earth and the mountain belongs to him. I lift up my eyes, my eye in, to the mountain. I don't want my eyes to seek any other solution, but I want the help to come from Yahweh who created heaven and earth. The second is send help from the sanctuary, which is the place at the right hand, which is that operative place where we intercede and we we align ourselves with Jesus. See, I mentioned that and God opened the door in the heavens and heard that noise. That's all right. Um, so it's our basically our identity and our identity and our prayer. And then the third one is the name, which is your nom de voyage, as it were, how you represent the name and how you speak uh, that name, but more importantly you represent the name all three of those are the factors of our covenant and the treasury and the thesaurus in heaven the treasures in heaven and the scrolls that are there and what god wants to do and and so then you we extrapolate it out from ebenezer which is where the ark was lost and taken into the gaza strip and then when those people were befuddled by the, the judgments of God. They sent it back. And then the next chapter, Samuel regathers everybody to Ebenezer, offers the lamb, which you wouldn't want to have been there. And then God sends the, the tremendous thunder, and the enemy is subdued. I think that's really, really interesting. And the other, which I'm probably going to develop, I don't know whether I'll speak about it Wednesday or not, was the story of Lazarus. The two Lazarus, as it were, one in Abram's bosom, but then the guy that was the friend of the Lord, and he was dead, and he was stinky. 
All of those factors there speak about challenges that Jesus faced in fulfilling the covenant of God and what God had ordained for him to be. And um, I, I just think that's fascinating. I, I, just, I just think it's fascinating. He groans in his spirit. He talks about the 12 hours in the day and you got to work during that time. The opinions of his disciples, Mary and Martha both wailing, the professional mourners. There's a lot of them out on the internet right now, especially what's going on in Israel. And um, all of those factors Jesus has to keep focused. And he looks up and he says, Father, I'm only saying this to you so that these people can hear you, but you hear me whenever I talk. And uh, and then he turns his gaze and he says, Lazarus, <laughs> out of the grave comes this guy. And and it's all about his ear. It, it, and it explains so much about that, that episode that honestly just seems wacky. That one and the one we talked about recently where Hey, you going to go up to the feast? No, I'm not going up. Then he shows up. You know, what was he talking about? In the essence, God showed us in that one, and now he shows it in this. I just think that's interesting. So, since we're saints, and we're at the right hand of the Father, and you've been there with Jesus and heard him pray, you told us yesterday, and that's, that's a wonderful privilege, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But we're also investing our tithe our anointing our ordination uh the seeds of our obedience into that thesaurus place um and we represent him by the name that's it's just it's just wonderful i mean that's just fascinating to me but that's our that's our rock for israel ebenezer and who originally put that there, we don't know. It's just there. Um, but our rock is Christ and the anointing of being sons and um, knowing the Father, flesh and blood not revealing things. That's what the ecclesia is built on. That's our rock. So, I just think that's all very interesting. Don't you? Yes. So what could God be doing in Gaza? Why would they call that that whole strip after that one city? Um, probably because it was more like a governmental meeting place. You know, Samson yanks up the gates of that place, takes it to Hebron, which is very significant for us. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he was meeting with a prostitute, we won't talk about. But that's kind of what he did. That's the way Sam, Samson goes. Must have been his hair. So, um, but then he comes back there. He's blinded, which is interesting because he's from the days of the judges and he's a judge and he's blinded, but his hair grows again. He's between two pillars, busts up that place, kills thousands of people. And uh, there's there's probably a lesson prophetically for us regarding that whole scenario but okay that was me yip yapping that whole story with samson is so sad but 
somebody made a point, maybe it was in Sunday school class, about whenever there's warfare, people are going to die. And innocent people die. It's, it's such a tragedy. And, you know, I know people have struggled, particularly in the progressive movement, about how could a God that is love allow so many tragic things to have happened throughout the course of mm-hmm. 4,000 years, um, particularly throughout the Old Testament. And people have turned from God because of that thing, because they they don't see the love there. They don't, they don't see the true nature of God. And, I, you know, I don't have an answer for that. I just know that God is a God of of mishpat he's a god of justice he's a god of rule he's sovereign and he is also a merciful long-suffering patient god and i mean you can't deny the fact that he extended mercy after mercy after mercy and long-suffering with his people over and over and over but eventually his rule I mean, he has a standard, and eventually judgment has to yeah. to come. But um, the thing that's happening in Israel, the, it's, there's so much deception. I mean, deception is ruling our culture, and I, I just I marvel at what's happening with people rioting about the is you know is Islam and how they're turning against. The Jewish community and it's like how can they not see that this terrorist movement attacked mm-hmm. and killed hundreds of innocent people and and then yet you retaliate to to hold the ground or to to, to, to fight on behalf of and and then you're just then you're I don't know uh, we don't need to I guess talk well, it's about false this narrative and, and it helps to explain what the witnesses when all the world is immediately cheering exactly. them dying and that's just it you're we're seeing it. it it's it's alarming to see the vitriol. Um, you know, we said this. We started seeing this rise back before the 2016 election. And uh, things we heard people from the left saying, which w- uh, which probably had been there, but I'd never heard them before. And I remember getting up at the pulpit. It was probably dr- why it probably contributed to driving away our progressive friends who used to be in the network. Who are these people? Do I... Why are they saying these horrific things? You know, but they really believe them. That God gave them over, and they believe a lie. And it's not just believing a lie. They've become proponents of the lie. So the thing comes to why God, why is there bloodshed? You know, it goes back to Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. You know, his blood cries from the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, we act, people act like when they're living on the earth that's it I mean everything revolves around that and the point is is that people die 
You know, I was listening to... I was listening to... This sounds awful. John Denver. I was listening to his playlist. Because I'd just been in West Virginia, and they pretty much absorbed that. Why would you say this sounds awful? Well, it it, it is kind of goofy, because he's kind of a beanhead, kind of a goofy he's guy. He's so, dead. Yeah. But I'm listening to his songs, and that one song, Fly Away, comes on, which has him and Olivia Newton-John. And I'm listening to it, and I remember when I used to hear that song, how pretty it is and the way they did it. And I'm thinking, they're dead. And I watch movies, and I see things, and I think, everybody in this movie dead I, and I think maybe it's because I'm 66 now I'm going to live forever but you know the point is is that people get all whacked out because things happen and the point is is that it's given to everybody wants to die you know bloodshed is awful but it's 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 just the way and, and then they'll say how could a loving God give his son to die in that way? And the demons say that. The demons who influenced that horrific thing, you know, that doctrines of demons stuff that's being out there taught, demons appearing to people saying, you know, we were the ones that, we fallen ones, uh, the narrative in your Bible is skewed, but your God is evil. And he he oppressed us. And you want to see the way he really is. He wants this sacrifice, the blood sacrifice. He even says he killed his son on the cross and turned his eyes away. You know, the real truth is that we are the real gods. And there are people that are believing that. This makes my stomach turn. You know, it, when I watched... And I don't want to bring up names, but some young man sent me these things trying to recruit me into this. And I watched these two British guys who were both ordained in the Anglican Church. One went to Oxford, the other went to Cambridge. So they were brainy guys. And they were just spewing this stuff. They were just bringing this stuff out like they'd got a revelation. And they were turning from the way the organized church was which in some ways is a pretty good thing to do, turn away from what the organized church does. But so many wacky beliefs out there. So the bloodshed thing, yeah, I don't, I don't like to see blood. Well, I think it's hard for people to understand how. I mean, there were, there were places in the Old Testament where God says you go into a place and you kill everybody. Yeah. Women, children. Every, you don't leave anybody, and we can't. Who is to argue or dispute what God is saying? And the thing, mm -hmm. you know, you're you're talking about your message from yesterday, and no matter what's going on, and we are only seeing a glimpse of what we're walking into mm -hmm. in the future. Yeah. And I know the Lord's preparing us for that, but there's so many principles. And, and that's why I said what I said yesterday. There's so many spiritual principles that God has line upon line given to us through his revelation, through our intercession, through the unveiling of mystery, through, you know, you parsing it out and teaching and writing. And these are things that will keep us because that is our rock. Mm -hmm. He is our rock. And 
So no matter what's going on in the world, and this whole thing with Israel has shook me. I mean, I have... Well, of course. I mean, I have literally sat in my place with my scripture open, trying, you know, asking the Lord to show me truth here because I want to understand. And yet, you know, to me, his timeline, I mean, it's such a mystery. But the point is, is that we have to stay true to who we are and what he's called us to do. And if he calls us... You come on Saturday morning and you pray for two hours in diverse times with the company of the saints. You pray for Israel. You pay, you know, you pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's what we got to do. Yeah. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what's happening around us, no matter how things don't look like, like they've changed, all we have to do is what he command, you know, what he leads us to do, and that we're we're hearing and we're obeying, and we're staying at the right hand, and we're keeping our eyes, you know, we're lifting our heads we're keeping our eyes on him and I mean that is such a discipline but at the same time that's what will keep us because mm-hmm. it's you know and I also you know I was really moved the other day about this thing with Israel because I feel a responsibility to raise my kids with understanding of what's happening and, you know, about, you know, from Scripture and what's happening, why it's happening, because I know they're hearing this narrative, and I, I don't know. And it comes down to our obedience as to who we are and what we're called to do, and, and to pray, and I don't know. I don't know. I, I do know that if ever God is awakening us, it's now. Yeah. We have got to be awakened. And I think that's what this is really about. I think God is going to, God's going to show himself strong in some way. But, you know, some recent polls that I remember hearing was that in Israel, there's a significant percentage of the people who don't even believe in God. Yeah. 2% of the Jews in Israel are Christian. Yeah. That That's the last statistic that I heard. Yeah. 2% of the Jews, 2, 2% of the, um, well, I guess not the Islamic people, but... Muslims. The, yeah, the Muslims. Well, yeah. Arabic, yeah. of Arabic descent. So maybe, maybe God, you know, the generation from uh, the Yom Kippur War and, and uh, certainly the generation since uh, they after World War II went into the land, that those generations are basically gone or on the way out. And I, I think God is shaking things to give people a chance for them to really awaken and know him. Okay, let me, I agree. Let me just ask you a question <laughs> with regards to historically like the Holocaust. Because... I don't know. I wasn't there, but you know, I've seen Schindler's List. <laughs> but if you've Hol- seen that, that's all you need to see. No, I'm playing. I when, like that movie. When, um, yeah, I was I was pretty mortified when I heard that they were showing that movie to my kids when they were in elementary school I know. at St. John's. That's crazy. I mean, I had to prepare them. I I didn't know the first. Oh no, I think they sent a note home and said they're going to be watching it just to let you know, but. Um, so when all that was going on, 
in America, did we have the same kind of deception? Oh, yeah. To this degree? Yeah, the New York Times is famous for having covered that up. So they and were, they, they were brainwashed that they, by the Germans. Yes. And what they were doing. To a large degree, yeah. Oh, and, um, um, you know, historical records that have been surfacing suggest that at least Roosevelt, his cabinet, knew um, and you know that that ship, I can't remember what they called it, that was bringing those Jewish people over here, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't let them dock. They wouldn't let them go. You know this was known, but um, I I think they said that I don't remember what the rationale was, but they had to. There's no, there's no legitimate rationale for it. Um, th- can you imagine, even with World War II, if, if um, the media and the internet was alive then? Because you even had in in England, a lo- there was a lot of, st- even the king that abdicated, he was buddies with Hitler, Herr Hitler, you know, and and. There was a a radical movement that was very vocalized in England to come alongside what Hitler was doing, especially when he was going against the Bolsheviks, you know. And um, and I and I I I think that the what if what if all the things that were going on in that war were just made known. Can you imagine what would have been done when we were, when when the Allies were firebombing Dresden, killing a hundred thousand so people at a pop, when we firebombed Tokyo and killed over a hundred thousand people in one night? Um, don't you think that the the anti-war crowd would have risen up and demanded that we stop the war? Um, I, I don't, yeah, that, there's some interesting studies that are out about who knew what regarding the, the Jews and the plight, but most people knew, and the New York Times covered it up mm. for whatever reason, just like they're doing now. Yeah, just recently it was the New York Times that put out this big article about how it was the Israelis that bombed that hospital. Yeah. And... It's it's awful. I mean, it's and you're right. Social media is not helping. It no, is, it's a plight on our generation, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's definitely a satanic tool, and um, I think I think we have to be careful as Christians because of that and. Saints got to be careful about all the Christian quote unquote opinions that are out there about what you should be doing, what God's doing, because so much of it's just nonsense. It's not scriptural. And it's just like, you know, I, 
I told you last week from the pulpit, you and I have talked about some teachings that are out there now. And it's, Roar was progressive. Now there's homogenized Roar that's out there now. And you listen to these folks and they, they love the Lord and they're dropping all the names of people that are revered as teachers now. Movements that are the be-all, end-all thing. They're dropping these names. But they're, they're talking about accessing spiritual corridors and frequencies of going through walls and all these things. And there's not one mention about intercession. There's not one mention about the Father's will. It's like, let's do it because we can. And you know as well as I do how dangerous that is. How dangerous it is just to be gallivanting through the spirit realm. And how the enemy would be there to try to deceive people. And, and I was listening to a two-part teaching about how you get what you want God to do done. And there was this guy who had all this revelation about the court system in heaven. And he was going on about the seven different courts that are up there. And how you go before the Lord and you tell him what you want him to do. And it, it does this. And I'm thinking, that is just so wrong. So dangerous. We don't tell God anything. We intercede. We represent him. Yeah, we have power, but it's not you and me getting together and say, hey, you know, look what's going on down there. Let's go up there and argue this case and get it done. She, it is so dangerous. So you have all of these different groups, plus those shamans that Yawali tells us about that go into all these cities in Mexico and Central America, and now are going down into South America, where they get these young people to go up into the spirit realm and to, to do these things. So you've got them there. You've got progressives there. You've got this homogenized group there. You've got the demonic groups, just blatantly demonic groups that are there. And these are all being trained to, to flow in the spirit realm. And then you have the saints, the remnant. There was ever a time we need to stay true to what we know God says in the word and be faithful there. That's, that's our weapons of warfare. And you see what Paul said about principalities, powers, and then he speaks about rulers of the darkness of this world, names that are named. I mean, he's really listing people that were functioning then in the demonic, but now those levels are being populated by of people with spiritual capacities who are functioning on behalf of the demonic this is really an interesting thing false prophets false Christs Jesus warned about that okay I'm rambling I guess I got to be quiet now no, this is all it's real and Yet the whole timeline of it is still such a mystery. You know, when you look in, in um, 
where Jesus talks about, you know, in the end days. And we know what has to occur before actual the return of the Lord, but uh, it's, you know, you see signs of so many of these things, but where are we in the timeline of it? And I guess that's just not for us to know. What's for us to know is that we keep our lamps full and our wits trimmed and mm-hmm. um, stay wise, stay in his wisdom and obedient. I, I One of the things I appreciated yesterday about Dennis's teaching about understanding was he listed all those different words for understanding. He was talking about knowledge, mm-hmm. wisdom, and understanding. And the thing about understanding is you know, that's the practicals. That's how you apply the wisdom. That's how you apply the knowledge that God gives you. And and the first one that he listed was um, was from Shema, which is obey. And it's one thing to have wisdom. It's one thing to have knowledge. But if you're if you don't obey in that point of understanding and actually apply wisely what God's given you to do or to accomplish or what he has said, then it's fruitless. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know where I got off on that tangent. You said something that made me think of that. But we we need all three of those things functioning. Yeah. And, um, you know, God is, he's so faithful to provide. I mean, he will source us in everything we have to do mm. and to accomplish. He is just so ready with his supply and but we've got to tap in. And and two, the other words linked in just the you know, it you, you don't gain these things outside of you know you don't you don't yada without relationship. Yeah. You know, so much of it every, all part every part of it is stemmed in relationship with God and yeah and I, I I just have to say and and just in praying through this next trip to Brazil and some of the things that they've been asking for us to teach and to impart to these young people and I think I know they want to move in the gifts of the spirit I know they're so hungry for that they they want to they want to move fluidly and efficiently in the things of the spirit and I appreciate that they need to be, but we all know the foundation of that. We know what that is, and that is a hundred percent surrender mm-hmm. and and giving your life to him in that measure of relationship and in in that measure of obedience in proscuneo and giving yourself in to intercession and standing in the gap, no matter what it looks like what it you know it's it's just so i'm so thankful for the way the lord has brought it up (laughs) yeah me too because it's just evolved um uh, precept upon precept you know the lord has kept developing the understanding without really it, it, there's there's not been a time where he said well what you what you were doing there you need to stop doing that you know you really need to do this it's all built upon the foundation of scripture and he has meticulously led us and um 
yeah, I'm with you. I'm very grateful for that. And it's the, I mean, I can't say that there, there's not, there's not a shortcut. I mean, there's not that anybody wants a shortcut. And I do believe in the word that God brought, the Spirit brought many years ago that said, you know, the, the laborers that come in in the last hour are going to exponentially be caught up by grace to be able to, to, to come alongside us. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to be that way because not everybody that comes in to into the this network of saints is going to have 25 years to be able to right build and and we've experienced that with with our french speaking saints because they've been so diligent and so just so amazing in their pursuit of scripture and understanding the teachings <coughs> because they want to run they want to run with it they want to be um proficient and, um, but I do know there's ones that are coming, you know, there's those laborers that are going to come and they're going to get the same wages and we got to be okay with that mm-hmm. because we need them in the harvest. And it's just, I don't know, it's just going to be really interesting because there's things, you know, there's things that we say that we can't impart by laying on of the hands, but God can. Yeah. And how he's going to do that, I have no idea. But I do know that they're going to have to be hungry for it, and they're going to have to lay down their life for it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. somehow the root of what our foundation is is the word and prayer. And we've, we've got to be able to interject through the Spirit um well, it's like yesterday I mentioned this. Um, one of those words was when the tennis was talking about was in the Tower of Babel when God split the tongues, <laughs> but he also took away their understanding. Mm-hmm. And we need... People have to have a hunger for, for, the, for the scriptural foundation. They just do. Because without that, we'll sin. Without that, we'll listen to some wacko who comes in promising the moon and not realizing <coughs> it's not Scripture. That, that, in fact, that goes against Scripture. And, um, but boy, it's good to serve the Lord. We're readily acknowledging that we need him to fulfill this disciple making mission but it's really as Christ worked so all these things we're talking about were things that Jesus did and um, anyway how are we doing on time oh we still have time left Sometimes I lose track of the clock when we get going on these discussions. Um, there's, um, I, I'm, I've just been praying after yesterday that somehow God will show himself strong 
in this business that's going on right now in the Middle East. <coughs> and that stuff about what the Ark did in that strip, that we're not cursing anybody, it's not witchcraft, but in that that somehow the, the, the protagonists of this wickedness, whether it's Iran or Hezbollah or Hamas, that somehow they would become beset by the same kind of problems that the people who captured the Ark faced, and that they will become so befuddled by it that plus a thundering sign from God will stun them for a while and that this thing will resolve but let it accomplish what God has ordained um, the enemy comes in one way definitely Hamas did we have to believe for the fleeing in seven yeah. in this juncture of the timetable of the Lord so, and, and I guess that can only be done through intercession and partnering with the timetable of the Lord in our covenant with him. Um, <laughs> I, I just think, I just think it's so interesting because I had, I'm grateful because, you know, we spent that time talking about the Theme and the Thesaurus, and we talked about that for three or four sessions during a seminar in the past couple of years. And now to get this further understanding about the deep root of what help is and how that then, that is the term that's used to describe the storehouse, which you put the tithe in, which would then just perfectly aligned with the thesaurus this is a very real thing and it's it's an essential part of what we do you know we've talked about the chronos and the kairos and the angels the ones that speak the mystery so fast that it kind of sounds like it's going backwards and you know we've talked about that that's that place hmm. that's that place it's the it's the place from which the oracle is connected in the temple of the tabernacle. Very interesting. God is good. Yeah, I think and actually I'm just owning this myself. There you know, there were so many days when we would come in here for intercession and walk in the door and be led of the Spirit as, you know, positioning and lay ourselves down and just get, I, I'm just speaking for myself, just get completely lost in wherever God wanted to, to take me or show me or draw me into and... There was, I don't want to say there was such a depth, but there was for the longest season. And I'm not saying that doesn't happen anymore, but I'm saying it's not happening like it was. And maybe it is 
it's just one of those things that things have become not common, but um, uh, what's a good word? Where we go into intercession and, and it's like, it's kind of like, don't focus on the angels. You know, for the longest time, we're focusing on the angels and they're discerning and listening and receiving and all those things from the angelic here in the sanctuary. And then we transitioned out of that to where we didn't focus on them. They, they don't want to be focused on. And yet we know they're here. And I say all that to say that I, I just I want to encourage everyone, including myself, to give ourselves over to times of intercession like that to where we we have no timeline and I know that times are tight I know that people are busy but I would much rather it's like I say about my mom and this is this may sound uncomfortable for people I would rather have my mom of sound mind for six months than have her the way she is for the next five years mm -hmm. for her I would rather have purposeful intentional intercession you know what I'm saying yes and granted there are times when you come in and you just fellowship with the Lord and he just draws you in and he loves on you and you love on him and I cherish those times because there's times when we need to be supplied and we need to be but are we really giving ourselves over to this calling in the way that we did in the beginning and are we really still just fascinating with the wonder of who he is and all these places that he has shown us and the access points that he's given to us to enter into these spiritual places in the temple that are functional, that we belong in? And are we opening our eyes to see? And are, we, are our spirits really engaged unconditionally when we come to pray? And yeah, it, it's a struggle because the mind, I, you know, I was thinking about Saturday morning coming in to pray for Israel. I was so intentional and I wanted the Lord to use me, but there was distraction. And I, I'm sure that, the you know, you know, of course, um, I mean, I had to continue disciplining my, my, my mind and focusing. My spirit was praying. But um, I struggle with some distraction. And anyway, I'm rambling now, but at least I've learned from the best. Well, you know, <laughs> the, thing, the thing is, is that um, it's so much in life. Like we, you get a new, brand new car. And you get in that car the first time. You've got that new car smell. you got things on there you're trying to figure out what how this works you may even have some plastic that's adhesed to certain of the screens and you take those off and you're driving and it's just so different to drive that car you have that car in a couple of years it's too common still does the same stuff mm -hmm. you get in you spill your coffee you're on autopilot yeah pretty much and and it's that way in so many things. Like you go to a new school, you're walking through there, everything is different. You're, you've got a sense of awe and a little bit of fear and you're trying to figure out where you're going. Or when you go into a city for the first time, you go into Paris. I remember we drove into Paris and it was just, everything was new. And I thought, look at those bridges. 
Look at the look at those lights. Look lights. at it just was like a museum going through the whole city. And it's always beautiful, but you go there then for the twentieth time. It's still that way for me. <laughs> well, it is. But you think, okay, we're going over here, but we gotta go through here and we gotta go through here and then we gotta go do this and you're plotting the thing. You don't even carry a map anymore, which we used which I used to do, as you well know. Or even with London. Mm -hmm. But now you know the place. You recognize how beautiful it is, but you're not in awe of it. You're going yeah. somewhere. Yeah. And and it's that's kind of the way it is with we cherish what God has given, but it's our home and it's our workplace. Yeah, but I guess the point I'm is I'm not I'm not disputing what you're saying. Yeah, I mean are we coming in and and really giving ourselves over to what God wants to do in that hour. And I'm I'm not questioning no, anyone. I'm talking totally. to myself. I, 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 this is, I mean, talking about a wake-up call, I mean, this is to me, because he's given us access, and when he brings these things up, like he did yesterday, these places and these access points, I mean, these are points of supply for us, these are points, and, and mm -hmm. even the TTT, I mean, yeah. we don't need to have a corporate time of intercession specifically about a particular country during a seminar for us to access the TTT or right. for us to acknowledge the fact that God wants to draw us up and wants us to have intercession there when we come to pray. Um, I don't know. It's just This is just discussion. And I'm speaking to myself more than anybody, but maybe somebody else out there, maybe Julia is agreeing with me. <laughs> well, you know, it is, it is a challenge um, to to serve and maintain the passion it, it is it is a challenge um, it shouldn't be but let me say it this way it perhaps it's an art of knowing how to access the depth of God's heart while you're serving in the place it's like when the temple was dedicated or Solomon's and nobody can stand Everybody's just wallowing on their face. Nobody can minister. Well, obviously, that changed. Or otherwise, God's structure would never have been fulfilled because nobody would have been able to do it. The problem then comes, you regulate. You better do this, you better do that. If you don't, we got this big hook that's going to pull you out because you're going to be dead while you stand. But then you lose... You lose they lost the wonder of it. Mm. So that's the big challenge. And this could be extrapolated into any point of life. Mm -hmm. The thing that used to captivate you is still there. Mm -hmm. But you've been captivated by it so many times. Now you've got to work with it. Can you maintain that agape how can you access that as a seasoned person? And that's a challenge for everybody. I think for me, I, when I come in for prayer, I do. I mean, I walk in and I engage with the Lord. I, I To me, it's, it's, I mean, I feel 
I feel my heart is disciplined and it's, a, you know, I have a burning heart to meet with him all the time. And it's, it's a passionate thing for me, which is what brings me here. But a lot of times I, I have to admit that I may be a little selfish and that I just want to spend time with him and I just want to, to have that point of engagement and that point of commune and, and, and just worship in my heart and, and, you know, maybe that is selfish and I'm not thinking, oh Lord, do you want to take me into this thesaurus? And I probably shouldn't be saying any of these things live, but I mean... So, all I'm saying through all of this is I know that we have a job to do, and I know that a huge part of that is in intercession, and I know that the Lord is opening up these revelations afresh for us to recognize that we are called to these specific points in the realm to access and to function in them. Amen. And that's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying... Oh. Um, well, you gotta have the Mary and you gotta have the Martha yeah. experience. Yeah, okay. We can we can accept that. Well, you do. Yeah. And the same Jesus that said she's chosen the better thing also was hungry. And so were those guys that were traveling around with him and probably some women too, if we believe the chosen, which is true. The scripture says there were more than just men. Somebody had to feed him. Yeah. And he wasn't offering to start breaking bread and fish. Mm -hmm. So, you got to have both. And I imagine that Martha undoubtedly had to have had those intimate, that's a bad term. Of course. Those, those times with the Lord. I, I'm, I'm assuming she did. We just have them in different ways. But you got to make sure you have them. Oh, it's everything. I mean, to me, it's, it's, it, it, it's everything to where... It can be probably for some look like it's out of balance and from my perspective but then I look at life right now and outside of this place there's so many things that are pulling and drawing in this season and and so sometimes I come in here not to escape but to have my time with the Lord that is uninterrupted that is not hindered by you know anything a responsibility, uh, you know, anything like that, which I, you know, I'm really trying to look at as points of ministry. When I, I have to tend to my parents individually every week, multiple times a week, and and if I don't look at that, when I walk into that memory care floor, and all of those people who now know wow. me and want hugs and want me to take them out, I mean, literally every time somebody says to me, "Will you take me out of here?" Oh, um, that's heartbreaking. It is. And I'm like the daughter on the floor. And so I had to go before the Lord, and he had to sh assure me, this is a point of ministry I have for you right now. It's not forever. It's for now. So if I don't look at it that way, I get resentful because it's pulling me away from what I'm normally doing for the Lord. But this is what he has me doing. My point is, I don't even know what my point is. <laughs> we had many points in it's that sometimes discussion. I come in here because I just really need to breathe him in I just need I need his supply I need to be with him even though we abide with him and I'm walking with him or I would not survive he's in my car with me he's in, in with me in the night he's he's at a meal with me I mean 
he never leaves and I recognize that but sometimes I need I need that I'm just <laughs> well, this is good. That's 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 a good exhortation for everybody. But I don't want to forsake if there's because when we do things in the spirit according to his timing and his anointing, whether it's go into the oracle and whatever it might do warfare, whatever it might be. Um that's like the river that flows through you. I mean, that that also is a refreshing. It's like joy because you're doing what he wants you to do. He's just so good. He's just so good. That I just want us to be awake. That's a good summation. Okay. All right, folks. See, you got extra time today. We started a little late, but we went a little long. So thank you for joining us. Thank you, Monica, for those heartfelt <laughs> words that everybody has benefited from and um, we'll look forward to reaching out again on Wednesday 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 till then God bless you all bye <laughs>